0: It's Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim, Ched, Chesco. Hey, Ched. for the most part, Major League Baseball is back and started summer camp, if you will, with games just around the corner. And the NHL has settled on Toronto and Edmonton as the hub cities as hockey gets ready to roll. The NBA reports that the Disney bubble next. Uh, meantime, NFL and college football seem to be backing off. That's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, there's Deshaun the Jackson and the mess he's in. I'm more than ready to just start reading box scores and forget about all this nonsense.
2: Yeah, Bill. Well, I mean, the d news of the past couple of days is certainly not the sort of thing that we wanted to hear coming out of Eagleville, but Hey, it sure did give us something else to squeeze into our agenda anyway, and we will get to it for sure early in the second half of the show. So stick around for that. It's going to be a good show.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, since we were preparing for this, I guess we learned that the Ivy league has canceled football for the fall. That's going to be interesting see how uh how that all plays out we'll, we'll talk some more about that uh when we talk football but hey uh Jeff, we had some de- technical difficulties uh that we got over on our hall of fame poll last wednesday it's up now uh you can vote for five of the 16 nominees by going to our website fully pressboxradio.com click on the article make your picks we'll get into that a little bit more later we've got several hundred uh Picks already made, Chet, and there are surprises uh, the way I'm looking at it. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that
2: also, Bill. We will remind everyone which Philly greats are on our year seven ballot and talk just a bit more about uh, all of that this week and then point you in the right direction,
0: as you said, so you can get your votes in. That's right. Well, hey, uh, we also have things rolling with our new partnership with the Edge of Philly Sports, Chet. It's going to be a fun relationship with that bunch. It's going pretty good. Yeah, it is for sure. I'm going to hold off on talking
2: about that for right now, though, because uh, I have something in my portion of the agenda to say about it later on that will involve Edge of Philly. So stick around for that. And hey, Bill, just one quick question before we get rolling here. Did you catch any of the 4th of July Nathan's hot dog eating contest, Joey Chestnut eating 75 dogs in 10 minutes? And I was wondering, in your prime, Bill, how many dogs could you eat in one sitting?
0: Uh, I've never tried that. So I don't know, but, uh, and no, I didn't watch, but it it had nothing to do with no sports being on. I don't know that I've ever watched it. I've seen a couple <laughs> of highlights of the guy just smashing stuff in his face. Uh, it really doesn't do much for me pandemic <laughs> or not.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I couldn't do it. I could eat maybe three hot dogs over the course of 10 minutes. He ate 75. I don't know how he did it. Let's get on
0: with the show, Bill. That's right. Well, Hey, With that all said, baseball is moving forward quick with its 60-game regular season. We're going to try to sort all this out tonight with longtime Phillies reporter Paul Hagan. Paul, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks. Good
2: to be back. Hey, Paul. Thanks for joining us for a third time. It is much appreciated. Uh, And so as we speak here on July 8th, we're a mere 15 days away from the scheduled start of Major League Baseball's planned 60-game season. What's your sense? Is it going to happen, Paul?
1: Um, I am. I'm a little skeptical of the whole thing. Um, I, I guess I, if if you're asking me, you know, flip a coin. I think yes, it'll probably start. Uh, I think that the odds of it actually making it to a playoffs are probably pretty long. Uh, you know, the biggest thing to me is the players have to buy in. The players have to trust this system. Uh, that the testing works, that they're being kept safe. And with the uh, wrinkles or bur- uh, hiccups or whatever you want to call it that have been in the system so far with teams having to cancel workouts because they didn't get, um, didn't get the test results back, with Adam Hazley having to sit out because apparently his test got lost or something or misplaced. Um, if I'm a player, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder, you know, how much I can trust this whole testing system. Yeah, and, Paul, I
0: I was wondering, you know, uh, are are they asking – you know, everybody gets hung up on, well, they make a lot of money. We know they make a lot of money. But is it asking too much of these players to leave their homes for 60 days, 90 days, whatever the
1: number ends up being? Is is that asking too much of the players? Um, Well, no, because players can opt out. But what I think is asking too much is to say that if you're making – X amount of dollars that you should risk your life if you feel like you're you're putting your life at risk. I mean, what's the cutoff point? You know, if you're making two hundred dollars a week, well, you shouldn't. But if you're making a thousand dollars a week, you should. Or a million dollars a week, you should. I don't know what. I don't think. I don't think money really should even be the issue here. The issue is, to me, if a player feels comfortable enough, and his family feels comfortable enough for him to play then that's great. He should play. But if he doesn't, I don't think anybody should look at it and say, you know, think less of him or look down on him because he doesn't feel comfortable with, with the way this is being run, you know, especially with some of the early uh, results we've seen with this testing system.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mark, Marcus Hayes wrote a column today, criticizing players who are opting out or even considering opting out like Mike trout and uh, Zach Wheeler saying, We're watching multimillionaires decline to work after they spent the last six weeks begging to go back. That's selfish and elitist, especially at this moment. Is that too harsh? Do you think Paul?
1: Well, let's just say I 100% disagree with that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't care how much money you make. You, if, if you, if you get COVID and you God forbid pass away, you're dead. You're not making any money. And (laughs) I I just don't think that 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 money has anything to do with it. Uh, Do players as a whole, did they want to come back and play? Yes, I think they did. Do most of them still want to come back and play? Yes, I believe they do. But if you, as an individual uh, look around and you, you look at your life and you look at your family and you assess the risks um, and you decide that you don't think that it is worthwhile for you, Uh, I don't care how much money you make. I think that's a a personal choice. Um, You know, I I belong to a gym locally and um, the gym was closed. Now it's reopened. Uh, So now I've got to make a choice. Do I go back? Uh, Do I feel comfortable enough to go back? Um, That has nothing to do with really how much it's costing me to join the gym or how much money I'm making. It's a personal decision based on whether or not I feel safe. Well, hey, on
0: the more fun stuff like baseball. <laughs> what? Uh, how, how do you like the setup? How do you like the sixty games? I know sixty games in sixty six days is pretty tough, but how do you like the the ALNL mix and uh, getting to see some different teams and short short series uh, in a lot of cases, just two games.
1: Well, I, I hate to um, stereotype myself as a as an old, curmudgeonly dinosaur, <laughs> but. I, I really don't like it much at all, to be honest with you. To me, to me the beauty of baseball is that it unfolds over six months. Um, the beauty of baseball is that if you go to extra innings, uh, it may go 17 or 18 innings. Um, and you don't start with a gimmick like having a runner on second base. <laughs> uh, the beauty of baseball since 1973 has been that there's different rules in both leagues. The NL doesn't have the D.H., uh, the beauty of baseball, to me, is that you know you can keep an eye on uh, the, the best players down in Triple A and wonder when they might come up. Or you know if somebody does get injured, you bring somebody up from the minors and, and you, you look forward to seeing how they're going to fit in. Now we may be in a situation where you reach down to the the bottom of your 60-man roster and bring up somebody in a in what passes for a pennant race now, who's been taking glorified batting practice for a month and a half. Um, So there's really not a whole lot about this uh, that I like. Um, I I think my biggest concern, again, is that I I fear that it's just not going to make it to the the playoffs. And that's the only reason that they're doing this. They're doing this to get to the playoffs because they think they can make so much money off the television of the playoffs that that's why we're going through this. And I guess if you have to do that, um, this is okay. I don't, I mean, I don't like the idea of only playing, uh, the Eastern teams, but I guess in a 60 game season, if you're going to do it, that's okay. It makes some sense. It cuts down on the travel, uh, that sort of thing. But I just don't, I, I fear that. I mean, we've already had Phillies players who have tested positive. Uh, there've been players across baseball who have tested positive. Once the season starts, if somebody tests positive, as I understand it, they're supposed to go away for 14 days. But all the players who they were around keep playing. And I just don't that just doesn't seem I mean, it's as good as you can do under the circumstances. But I just don't I I, I fear that once this if if it gets started, it's going to snowball and it's going to end in a really ugly way.
2: I hear you. And the schedule can be pretty ugly, too, for the Phillies. 42 out of those 60 games against the Nationals, Braves, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays. Tough road right there, but enough of that. Uh, If there is a season, Paul, even though the Phillies have a new manager, a well-respected manager, and a pretty decent lineup, there are a slew of questions, at least in my mind, regarding the pitching staff, starters and relievers. I mean, Zach Wheeler, as we mentioned, could miss part of the season because his wife is expecting How good or bad is this pitching staff?
1: Well, I don't know. And that was going to be one of the things that was going to be fun to watch uh, over the course of 162 games, if it had shaken out that way. Um, You know, obviously things have changed. Uh, In the normal year, Zach Wheeler would miss three days on paternity leave. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be extended or if he can take his three days from paternity leave and – and say, you know, I still don't feel comfortable. So I'm going to take another week. I don't really know how that's going to work. Um, so I, I, guess these are all, all things we're going to have to figure out as we go along. Um, but you know, in theory, um, you can always construct a case, um, new pitching coach, um, you know, maybe, maybe he gets, uh, something out of Vince Velasquez and, or Zach Eflin, um, you know, that, that other, that, other people haven't been able to before this. Uh, I think Arietta is going to be fascinating. He's in a, a contract year. Uh, he's had the surgery. His elbow should be better. Um, you know, we, Nola, I, he has, has not really had the, the amount of time he normally ob- obviously would to get ready for the season. Um, so I don't know. It, it, that's, to me, going to be one of the fun things to find out. Then we look at the bullpen, and three of those guys have had apparently something COVID-related uh, that have set them back. So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think on paper, if if this were a normal year on paper, I think you would say that the Phillies, because they've added Wheeler, because they've added D.D. Gregorius, uh, if you think a manager can make some difference, and in this case, I think he can, uh, they have Joe Girardi, I think they would probably be a better team. Uh, but, you know, we, we always tend to look at the team we're following and rooting for and say, well, are they better? Or are they worse? Well, other teams get better too. I mean, I remember when Jim Leland uh, was managing, he always used to say, you know, the other guys give scholarships too. Um, and you can't just look at your team. You have to look at the other teams and see how you stack up against them. Yeah. Hey,
0: Paul, if you're Joe Girardi or, or any manager, if you're Joe Girardi do you, uh, there's no room in a 60 game season for a lull. Uh, do you come out uh, sprinting out of the blocks and just manage this thing all out from day one?
1: I think you have to. I mean, you, you obviously can't run people. You can run people into the ground even in 60 games. So you still have to give people some rest, but yeah, I mean, I think you, you pick this up like you're, you're in uh, August. It's August 1st, you know, late July, August 1st, just as if, First, you know, uh, In a weird way, everybody was tied at 33 and 33 or whatever the records were, and that's where you're starting. So I think you have to approach it that way. Um, I, I do think, though, that on the flip side of that, you by this time of the season in a normal year, you might be willing to let your starter go an extra inning or two if he looks like he's really on that night um, and pitch deeper into the game. Well, clearly that's not going to happen, at least not right away. So I think you're going to see starters actually going shorter, which puts more emphasis on the bullpen, mm-hmm. um, which which is a little different game. But but yeah, you you have to you have to treat every game like it's um, two point three games or whatever whatever the math comes out to. Well, Paul, the last time you were
2: on with us, it was way back in mid-October. It's a whole different world now in a lot of ways. Uh, but that was shortly after Gabe Kapler was dismissed, but before they settled on the new manager who you mentioned. If I remember correctly, you were on board at the time with Joe Girardi taking over. What do you like about Girardi?
1: Well, I think that, um, I think that he is going to walk that good line between uh, giving the players room to breathe and holding them accountable. Um, I think uh, Gabe was a very modern manager in the sense that he wanted the players to be comfortable. And a lot of managers do that. Uh, Terry Francona wanted the players to be comfortable. But a manager also has to draw a line. A manager also has to be able to say, "Okay, no, that that is not acceptable. Um, I'm going to hold you responsible for this. Uh, You can't do that again. And and that's where I think Gabe, in my opinion, uh, came up a little short. I don't think that's going to be a problem with Joe Girardi. Uh, I think the players are going to know where they stand. Um, I think they're going to have more defined roles. Uh, I've never uh, been fully on board with the idea with a relief pitcher saying, well, I couldn't pitch in the sixth inning because my role is the seventh inning. I think that's (laughs) kind of silly. But that's the way apparently a lot of them feel. And if you are a manager, your job is to get the most you can out of what what you are given. Um, you know, to me, the mark of a successful manager isn't necessarily winning the world series. It's the guy who you look at his team and you try to figure out, did he get the most out of what he was given to work with? And, and I think Joe Girardi will probably do that.
0: Well, I'm excited. I was excited coming out of spring training. I'm excited now uh, about Reese Hoskins. I, I think Reese Hoskins is the guy that really makes the difference. If he's, if he's as good as I think he can be, uh, I sat here and, and put my foot in my mouth last year and said he was going to be an MVP candidate with, with Harper in the lineup. We know what Harper's going to get. We didn't get that from Hoskins. Um, but it looked like he was having a nice spring, a little different swing. Uh, I'm excited to see if he can carry load because I think if he can, we know what we're going to get out of Harper. Um. Uh, I think then they have a chance to be in pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be one of the most fascinating storylines uh, of, of this season. Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to get a little lost in the shortness of the season um, and, you know, all the other stuff that's going on. But but yeah, I mean, that that might be, uh, and I hadn't really thought about this, but if you were going to identify, you know, what is the biggest key for the Phillies' success this season, it very well could be Reese Hostins.
2: We need to talk also about JT Real Muto. I saw reports today on the video also uh, during the workout. He hit an opposite field home run and uh, Bryce Harper immediately said, sign him, sign him. So I hope they do. Now, Matt Clintock has made some comments recently about the landscape having changed or whatever. And a lot of Phillies fans immediately assumed that meant they're going to like hold off on this. Please tell me, Paul, they're not going to screw this up and let him get away this winter, are they?
1: Uh, I don't know because I'm not in the room. I, I, I'm not part of the conversation, so I really don't know what's going on. I will say, um, you know, and I don't mean this is a criticism, of Bryce Harper at all, but he's already got his 330. You know, <laughs> so it's easy for him now to sit there and tell tell the Phillies how to spend their money. I guess I guess my my thought would be this: Yes, they they really should resign JT Realmuto. Um, they gave up a lot to get him. He's probably the best catcher in baseball, uh, and they're a much better team with him than they are without him. Uh, regardless of who would, you know, they would get to replace him. But in in the real world, um, you have to you have to sometimes make choices. My question here's the here's the question I can't answer. When the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, there was some scuttlebutt which the Phillies did not deny that that would not keep them from going after Mike Trout if Mike Trout had become a free agent the following year. Uh, money didn't seem to be an issue at that point. Then a year later, um, money was an issue. Um, you know, We heard about the, the luxury tax threshold and, and they seem to be wanting to stay under that. So I guess my question is, my point would be, are, are we back to two years ago? Are they all in? Uh, do they wanna to put together the best possible team, um, and, and not worry about the luxury tax threshold, or are they worried about that? Um, and, and really, any answer is fine, but, but it, it does define how they need to move forward here. Uh, they should have some money coming off the books at the end of this year. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. But, but I, I think we've really gotten some kind of mixed emotion, uh, mixed signals, I should say, uh, from, from, uh, John Middleton on what exactly, uh, his, uh, tolerance is for a high payroll. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting.
0: Hey, Paul, I have one final question for you. I'm going to get off of baseball just a second. Uh, that library you have behind you, (laughs) you have more more books on one shelf up there than I've ever read in my entire life.
1: Well, I I've (laughs) loved reading ever since I was a kid and I never get rid of a book, so they they tend to pile up.
2: (laughs) Hey, Paul, assuming there is a season, and we we do hope there is, uh, it'll be one without fans in the stadiums. So it's going to be very weird for us watching from home on television, of course, but what's it going to be like for the players, all those games that do count now with almost nobody in the house to cheer and boo and that sort of
1: thing? You know, as as it turned out, I was uh, I covered the game in Baltimore a few years ago when there were no fans in the stands because of the riots. Hmm. And I I think that was a very weird atmosphere. But I think everybody knew it was just like for one day. So it was kind of like, okay, this is unique. And, you know, then we'll get on with our lives. Uh, Now that this is going to be an everyday occurrence in every park, uh, it's it's going to be very different. It's going to be very strange. Uh, and I don't know um, what, whether there's going to be crowd noise piped in for the broadcast or how they're going to handle that. Uh, I think in Korea, didn't they have uh, cardboard cutouts in the stands uh, <laughs> to make it look like people? I think I saw a read that the Giants, San Francisco Giants, have told their season ticket holders that if they send in a picture of themselves, they're going to get uh, cutouts made and put in their seats. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to be strange, and, uh, you know, the games are played for the fans, uh, and that's part of the home field advantage, it's it's part of the fun of going to the ballpark, it's, it's, uh, it, it's really a big part of the game, it's going to be missing, but unfortunately, that's just the world we live in right now, and I certainly would rather, you know, if we can play these games safely uh, with no fans, I'd rather have that than not be able to play them at all. So. Hey, Paul. On the
0: uh, on the cardboard cutouts was kind of funny because I think another part of that story in San Francisco was that if a foul ball or a home run hit your seat, they would send you the ball for eighty five dollars. <laughs> only for eighty five dollars. Eighty five dollars plus plus postage and handling, right? Right. So for a hundred bucks, you could get the foul ball that hit your cardboard face. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, crazy world we're living in. Hey, Paul, one more thing. Let's just assume. Let's assume they do get the
2: season in, all 60 games. Okay. Give me some sort of prediction. How will the Phillies do? Can they compete with the Braves and the Nats and the Mets in the uh, NL East? Given the tough schedule, can they compete?
1: I think they can. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that have to go right for them. Um, you know, clearly, the, the starting pitching, they need some pleasant surprises there, Arietta and maybe one more. Um, and Hoskins needs to bounce back and Gregorius needs to be the guy that, that I think he can be. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, if he is you know, fully back from that elbow surgery, I think I'm really excited to watch him play here. Um, so yeah, I mean, in a short season, anything can happen. You know, the last two years, the Phillies have gotten off to a very good start. It was just later in the season that they had a problem. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, as everybody knows, the uh, Nationals were 19-31 and 31 after 50 games last year and won the World Series. So, uh, it, uh, yes, I, I absolutely think in a short season, that just increases the possibility that uh, something totally unexpected could happen.
0: All right. Well, Paul, I think we have run out of time. We've taken all your time. We could do this for a couple hours, I think, and it'd be a lot of fun. But uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Good stuff. Anytime.
1: Thank you. All
0: Thanks, right. Hey, Chet, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we have the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do,
2: Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate Insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. That number again, 610-430-0700. And hey, Bill, since we just celebrated the 4th of July and our nation's birthday, I should mention that this particular album went to number one this week in 1984, one from that Bruce Springsteen. Bruce. And hey, speaking of great music, Bill, uh, I mentioned on Facebook, it was 26 years ago tonight that I was at Veteran Stadium for the first show of their first ever tour together. Elton John and Billy Joel, 50,000 plus people for the first of three sold out shows at the vet to see the Piano Men. And uh, boy, it was a great show and a hot night also. It was 99 degrees in the daytime. It was still like 95 when the show began. But uh, even though it was brutally hot, it was a great night, and thanks to those two legends, uh, a night to remember.
0: Well, you know, I can tell you, Chet, I have never seen Billy Joel. Uh really? I've seen Elton John, and I've seen Bruce Springsteen a bunch of times, but I have never seen Billy Joel and always been a fan. He's good. He's always been good, but just, uh, just never worked out. That was my fourth
2: and final time seeing
0: Billy Joel,
2: my only time seeing Elton.
0: I never saw Elton John solo. All right. Well, hey, Chad, speaking of Hall of Famers, uh, we rolled out our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame preview last week. We didn't get our poll posted until Monday. Votes are coming in, though. We've got several hundred votes already placed. Uh, The following 16 players are on the ballot. Even though there's still six days to go, the results have been really surprising to me. So here's the list for those that are new to our show and uh, want to vote. Bob Brown, Mo Cheeks, Randall Cunningham, Darren Dalton, Ryan Howard, Tug McGraw, Donovan McNabb, Mike Quick, Jimmy Rollins, Dave Schultz, Chet Walker, and new to this year, Rod Brindamore, Ron Hextall, Seth Joyner, Gary Maddox, and Chase Utley.
2: Yeah, it's a good list of candidates, and uh, as we noted last week, there are already 35 former stars in our hall, seven Phillies, eight Flyers, eight Sixers, ten Eagles, and two others, Joe Frazier and Judy Arnold, if you're wondering. Uh, As for the new nominees, you know, I would have thought that Seth Joyner and Chase Utley would have been doing very well right off the bat, but at last check, Utley was doing reasonably well, but not Seth, and I just don't get that. Uh, And among holdovers, once again, Old number five,
0: Donovan, way down on the list. Way down on the list. Again. <laughs> and, uh, and so is Joyner, which really surprised me. And yeah. you know, who else said? Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins has less than 2% of the votes, and uh, Joyner and McNabb have less than 3% of the votes. The four, four are kind of running away. Now, it's still a long way to go, but the four running away are uh, Dave Schultz, Tug McGraw, Rod Brindamore, and Mike Quick are the four that are pretty well ahead of everybody else. It's kind of really surprising. A lot of those guys are in the middle. You know, I'm not sure I really expected Ron Hextall and Darren Dalton maybe to be in the mix, but um, Ryan Howard has more votes than Chase Huffley and Jimmy Rollins is way at the bottom. Just kind of interesting the way it's all panning out.
2: I hope the hammer's not listening, but I got to say, I don't think Dave Schultz is worthy of even our little hall. Great fighter, certainly a fun player to watch, but he should not be leading this campaign. Come on, people. Well, we're
0: going to find out because he's <laughs> leading the campaign right now. Long way to go. Get your votes in. Go to our website, phillypressboxradio.com. Click on the logo post on the left. It's got the Philly Pressbox Radio logo there. Click on that. It'll take you to the choices. You can make your five choices there. Hit vote, submit, and your vote will be counted. And next Wednesday, I think we'll stick to next Wednesday, Chet. Uh, We'll we'll wrap it up. So by the end of next Tuesday will be the end of the votes. And then Wednesday, we'll announce uh, the three from the fans, top three, and yours and mine. And, And I'll be honest with you right now, I don't know who I'm picking. And, oh, for the
2: heck of it, go to our Facebook page or our YouTube channel and check out our 20-minute segment from last week where we run down all of the past inductees and then give you a snapshot of the 16 names who are nominees this year, which you just ran down a few minutes ago. So that was a lot of fun doing that last week, a great 20-minute segment talking about all these uh, existing Hall of Famers and the 16 new candidates. We had a blast doing that.
0: Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to see how this goes. And, and like we said, just with the surprises that we're seeing, I, I know you really thought there was a chance that Joyner would, would come out first. Uh, <laughs> I thought for sure he'd be in the top five. And to yeah. see him way down,
2: I just don't understand it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's just really interesting. And, and McNabb, just again, for however many years, I have to go back and look how many years he's been on the ballot, but uh, probably five. And he just gets no love here. Oh, well. All right. Well, hey, Chet, haven't heard much from the Flyers at this point, but the Sixers are starting to speak out about the NBA startup, and maybe it's not so good. Um, players may be not happy. What, what do you make of it at this point?
2: Well, yeah, it is true that some guys have already decided to stay away. And uh, as far as the Sixers, even Joel Embiid, Mike Scott, and Shake Milton admitted that they had reservations about the return-to-play plan. They're not sure if it's something the NBA should be doing. But the good news is all three of those guys did ultimately decide to go ahead and do it. So I think they're going down to Orlando tomorrow. And otherwise, it does sound like they're excited about the prospect of finishing things off positively and perhaps making some noise in the postseason.
0: Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Uh, I was wondering, I've been to wide world of sports a hundred times um, how they were going to do this. And, and I saw a clip that they're actually converting ballrooms into basketball courts. They're going to be playing in some of those big, I don't know which buildings they are, but they are actually where they hold banquets and things that's going to be the courts or the practice courts or something. It It is going to be very, very different.
2: I'll believe all of this when they actually, you know, throw the ball up and get things started at the very end of July. And only then will I believe it, but some NBA watchers bill think the Sixers could surprise people, including a certain former Sixer, And uh, current TNT analyst, none other than that, Charles Barkley, who said this about the Sixers and their two stars and beating Simmons in a visit to 97.5 The Fanatic the other day. They have the talent. It's all going to come down to their mental toughness. I mean, think about it, man. If you got the two best players in every series, you should feel like the rest of you guys get on my back and we're going to win.
0: Well, uh, he's not wrong. Um, you know, but again, what, what's in question is that mental toughness? And I don't know that we've seen that from those partic- two particular guys in a long season. I don't know if we're going to see it in a short season. Yeah,
2: we've seen it in spurts in flashes, but, uh, you got to see it consistently in this playoff operation. And I mean, it could happen. You never know. They could catch fire at the right time. Brett Brown, you know, maybe coaching to save his job. And uh, you know, there's a lot of doubters about Embiid and Simmons, so maybe they'll have the desire to prove everybody wrong and uh, make a nice playoff run.
0: Well, I think I think a huge deal here is going to be just the adjustment, getting down there, living in a bubble, not living your life. Who responds well? Who doesn't? For this team and any other team, you know, what what guys can actually adjust, focus, and get the job done every day again not having their families and friends around. A um, lot of lot to take in in a very short time because you've got to hit the ground running, as they say. And we know the
2: Sixers are a great, great home team. They're not a very good road team. We don't know what kind of team they are on a neutral court. And all these games are essentially going to be on a neutral court with, again, no fans. So uh, who knows? Nobody knows what to expect.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I was really surprised when I, when I watched that News clip of the of the ballroom court they were making, and you know I guess in my head I was thinking that kind of like baseball and what we're thinking with football, you, you're going to play in your home stadium, you're going to be in a stadium. This is going to be like in your high school, junior high school gym, you know, no fans, no seats, you know, you're going to have your benches and your scorekeepers, and that's it. Um, it's just going to be even more different than what I was thinking. You know, when I heard Mark Zumoff
2: uh, on the radio the other day, he's talking about his situation. And from what it sounded, it sounded like uh, he and Ala and Serena Winters are going to be broadcasting the games from Philadelphia over at the Wells Fargo Center and the, you know, Comcast uh, Net or NBC Sports Philly now studios. So they're going to have a monitor set up and uh, do it that way because they're not being permitted to go down to the Orlando bubble. So that's going to be interesting to hear how they call the games from thousands of miles away.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I was actually going to mention that to Paul and I ran out of time because I wanted to ask him about his book collection, but uh, you know, T-Mac and them guys on baseball, same thing, you know, they're going to be sitting watching the exact same game you and I are, and they're going to be calling that game, it is going to be a challenge. There's no crack of the bat or, you know, or or anything that you hear, uh, you know, even being able to see fly balls and where they're going. And, you know, because we watch on TV and you don't always see them, but you, but they do.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. and And uh, I just hope it happens. We will know for sure, I guess, in a couple of weeks when baseball is supposed to start, July 23rd, 24th, and then uh, about a week or so later, the NBA and the NHL.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll check it out, and uh, you know, there's still like I don't, I don't know it's a deal, a, a situation or not. Uh, you know, the the social justicing thing that the the NBA players were talking about. I saw this list of of slogans. I'll call them slogans that the league gave them that they could wear on the back of their shirts. Um, that it had to be those. I believe there were ten, maybe twelve items uh players didn't like that um they want to wear what they want to wear um you know i I don't know that that thing is fully put to rest yet either uh which may become a problem a situation once everybody's there together and speaking of uh things that
2: haven't been put to rest how about deshaun jackson shall we
0: yeah well (laughs) deshaun jackson uh boy what, what a situation for him and for the Eagles. I mean, if they cut him loose, they lose a player they were probably dependent on. If they keep him, they're putting the team in the crosshairs with the fans. Then you have the Riley Cooper, you have the Sean Jackson. But around the world, anybody that says anything off base has been getting fired. So, it, I mean, it's a uh, it, it's a really, really sticky situation. And there's a lot of money involved.
2: It's kind of a lose-lose proposition right now for the Eagles. Uh, First things first, what the hell was Deshaun Jackson thinking in tweeting that stuff, focusing on a Hitler quote that wasn't really a Hitler quote, but he had it as a Hitler quote. So there's the first problem right there. Uh, Basically claiming that the Jews were trying to suppress black America and would extort America as part of their plan for world domination. I mean, first, it's clearly anti-Semitic. And secondly, Uh, your team owner and your general manager are both Jewish. So there's that there's the stupidity of it all. And as you said, you know, it's pretty much a no win situation. And now the question is what happens? You know, they didn't suspend Riley Cooper when he used the N word and uh, he just got some sensitivity training supposedly, or that's what they told us. So now is it a double standard if you suspend or cut Deshaun Jackson He gave a sort of apology, then a little better apology, and then a third apology after that. But I don't know if that's going to save him. How do you
0: see this playing out, Bill? I think it's going to follow the money. I think it's going to follow the money. You know, Adam Schefter had that tweet yesterday. I don't have it right in front of me, but he basically laid out the contract. And he felt like the Eagles were looking at the contract to see if this tweet violated the contract, if it did, they can keep his money. They're going to send him down the road. If they have to eat the money, then they're going to play play soft shoe with it and keep him here until they can't any longer. Um, you know, But but I think the thing that worries me, Chad, a little bit about this and, and the NFL as a whole, uh, in the Riley Cooper deal, that was uh, not not right. Don't get me wrong. But football was extremely strong. Uh, pro football was extremely strong. I'm not sure it is today. Um, uh, there's a lot of lot of this backdrop stuff that is going to affect the game. Um, and and the next topic I have, so I'll just roll into it, kind of. Um, you know, the Ravens sent out a letter to their season ticket holders. Only 14,000 people will be allowed to attend, if any, for the Ravens. The Eagles have sent out a, a letter. Asking their people if they want to back out, um, they can do it. Same thing the Giants have done. The Ravens have already gone to the next step and said 14,000. So with that said, you've got 50,000 people who aren't going to the game now. And with all this other stuff going on, um, I'm, I'm not sure it's good for the game. And I'm not sure that the things like Deshaun Jackson are going to make this, it's going to make it worse.
2: Well, this is a year like we've never seen in sports before and uh, nobody knows what's going to happen, you know, with the fans or even if the games are going to be played, it's going to be weird seeing NFL stadiums, you know, a quarter full, if that's the way they're going to do it Uh, and getting back to Deshaun, I have a hunch that they're going to end up keeping him. I don't know that I agree that they should, but uh, I, I do think, yeah, the money's a factor, but. I think they have to really be careful with how they handle it. They got to, you know, say he's getting sensitivity training. I know they're talking about having to meet with uh, a rabbi and a Holocaust survivor and all that, which is good. That's a good thing. But he's still got a, a long way to go to, you know, get back in the fans good graces before they're willing to accept him back on the team.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the NFL obviously has not been watching Major League Baseball because they are now feeling like they need to go back to the players and keep some of the players money and put it in escrow for the amount of money they're going to lose by not having fans in the stands that didn't work well in baseball. It's not going to work well in football and top that off with the fact that they just paid Patrick Mahomes $500 million this week. And now you want to come out and tell the players, we need to hold some of your money for another time, not guaranteed contracts in football, like in baseball, uh, you know, you got to get it while you can. Well,
2: Patrick Mahomes is getting it. That's for sure. How about that contract? This is just amazing. Uh, 40 to $50 million a year uh, if it plays out that way. Uh, there are now eight quarterbacks in the league with contracts that average at least $30 million a year. $30 million, including Carson Wentz, who's, I think, uh, sixth or seventh on the list. I don't want to sound like one of these old guys, Bill, or like my wife who says no pro athlete should be getting those millions of dollars. But wow. You know, I always wonder what retired quarterbacks like Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Joe Namath, Dan Marino, et cetera. Think about these kind of contracts. I know they say they don't they don't begrudge these guys, but I'm never sure if I believe them.
0: No, I I don't believe them. I don't believe them because they would all those names you just threw out there would be getting every bit of that money. Uh, yeah. that did. Good for Patrick Mahomes. I, he got a deal done. Somebody thinks he's worth that. I have no problem with that. Um, I do have a problem with the league crying foul the next day that, uh, you know, we need to hold players money. I'm I'm not for that. We watched it play out in baseball and it didn't play well.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's just hope we have seasons. I mean, we, we keep saying that, but it changes from week to week. So far, nothing terribly bad has happened, you know, since we last talked. A couple of guys came down with COVID. We know about, you know, Scott King having tested positive. Uh, But so far, it looks like it's going to be a go for baseball and basketball, hockey, and football. Well, you know, I
0: think the the one other point on that that's a little bit troubling is, you know, we mentioned college football. The Ivy League has canceled all their fall sports. Stanford University canceled 11 varsity sports today permanently. uh, unbelievable, um, but here they are talking about cancel not talking about canceling football seasons that aren't starting until August, September, October, and we're going to play baseball in a week. It, it it doesn't add up. Something something's not right. Well, the difference is these
2: baseball players are being kind of kept in their own little you know city bubble, or at least that's what they're telling us. Uh, I don't know if you can do that with college players, but yeah, they got to make some decisions real soon. I mean, cause the college football seasons are supposed to start the end of August. Of course they'll, you know, have training before that. So there's going to be a lot of decisions that have to be made between now. And then the Ivy league made their decision, as you said, you know, no football, no other fall sports. So nothing in t- the terms of those eight Ivy league schools until, uh, January 1st or soon after. So
0: yeah, and what I just else? actually I just got a text, you might have heard the ding. I just got a text that said Ohio State has paused their football program. I paused can't.
2: it. Now what does paused. that mean?
0: Well, I I'm going to take it cuz I just got a text in the corner of my screen uh, So I don't know any more than that, but I'm going to say somebody some people have probably tested positive and had contact with others and they're shutting it down until they clean it up. Hey, let's talk hockey. Shall let's we? Let's talk hockey. Yeah. Uh, the restart of the season, we mentioned Toronto for the East, Edmonton for the West. Um, start of formal training camps is the thirteenth, which is just a few days away. The twenty-sixth, the clubs travel to those hub cities, so you got 13 days to get it ready. And then August 1st, you start your qualifying rounds, including the round robin. So in uh what's that make? 21, 21, 22 days, they're dropping the puck for real. Yeah, three weeks and two days, if
2: my math is correct, is August 1st. So we'll see. It's a busy next few weeks for the hockey folks. But just like with basketball and baseball, you know, I'll believe it when I see them actually drop the puck in this case. Um, By the way, the Flyers this week have been handing out awards based on fan voting. Kevin Hayes getting the Gene Hart Memorial signifying the player with the most uh, heart, of course, you know, Gene Hart. Scott Lawton got the Yannick Dupre class guy award. And then today the Pelly Lindbergh award for the most improved player also went to Scott Lawton. So he's cleaning up there Uh, more to come the next couple of days, the best defenseman and the team's most valuable player Thursday and Friday.
0: Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who gets those. I would have to go with uh, Proveroff and um, Couturier will be my MVP. I would think it, uh, Yeah, you're probably right. uh, yeah, he I, I can't disagree. Couturier, was, you think? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I don't know that they would give it to Carter Hart only because he split a lot of games. Um, you know, he didn't play all the games, but he he's certainly the guy. But uh, Couturier was pretty good all season long. That's, that'll be my guess. What do you think about being uh, the Hubs being in Canada? Do they matter to you that uh, it's just another TV game?
2: Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. It might matter to some, you know, fans here in America that they feel like they're so far away from it, but Hey, the games are going to be on TV. So, you know, what's the difference? None of us can go to the games anyway. So it's not like, you know, you're missing out on going to a game in Philly or Pittsburgh or New York or whatever. So no fans. So just turn on your TV and hope for the best.
0: There you go. Well, Hey, uh, Chet, What's going on at the Irish Rover station house? Did you actually miss a weekend? Did these recent mask rules cause them any trouble?
2: I didn't go to the Rover this past week. I actually went into my pool three days in a row, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think that's the first time in at least 10 years I've done that, but it was just, you know, a nice hot weekend, and I had a lot of cold beer in the fridge, so – it was a perfect combination. As for the Rover, though, uh, not only do they have outdoor patio seating, but they do have some indoor seating now, too. It is permitted. Fewer tables than in the pre-pandemic era, and they are spaced apart, of course. But if you don't feel like you're ready to you know, sit around other patrons just yet, you can always order food for a pickup or even certain cocktails to go. They are open every day now, Monday through Wednesday, 3 to 9 p.m., Thursday through Saturday, 1 to midnight, and then Sunday, 1 to 9. It's the Irish Rover Station House on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. and they are on Facebook and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. I may have to get back and check that out again soon. And uh, Bill, how about this legend turning 80 years old on Tuesday, the great Ringo Starr.
0: 80, huh? Wow, it's, it's crazy. I saw that up I'm thinking, man, 80 years old. How is this stuff happening? All these people in their <laughs> 70s and 80s, Jet, and we're still like 35, 38. You know, yeah, exactly. And I may have mentioned before,
2: I was supposed to see Ringo Starr for the very first time, he and his all star band, which is always great from what everybody tells me. I had tickets for their mid June show this year. And of course, the pandemic hits. The good news is, They've canceled, they've postponed the show, the whole tour, till next year. So, uh, the same weekend of June next year, right around June 20th or whatever, hopefully, I will be seeing Ringo star and his all star band at the Met in
0: Philly. You know, when you're 80, you probably shouldn't be canceling a lot of stuff and putting it <laughs> off for next year.
2: He had no choice, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to get there. As long as Ringo's there, I'm going to be
0: there. I uh, hear you. Are. All right. Hey, great guest tonight and Paul Hagen talking baseball. Who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, Bill, next week
2: we're going to talk about the Philly sports scene as we move closer to, we hope, you know, the return of team sports. And we're going to have a first-time guest, although I think you did get to meet him recently. He's one of the guys from Edge of Philly Sports, Joey Sheeran, a.k.a. Joey Delco. As you alluded at the top of the show we are partnering sort of with uh, the guys over at edge of philly sports joey al and freddie so we hope to do more things with one another visits to each other shows like this you were on you know one of, with those guys last week they do their show every wednesday night at 9 30 eastern time and uh you know i'll probably be on there in the next month or so i'm waiting for the invitation guys so i'm here and also next week, Bill, we are going to unveil this year's five inductees into our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame. So, Joey Delco and the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I did not meet Joey. Uh, he was he was on vacation. Um, that oh, I night. thought he was there. Yeah, no, he wasn't there. But uh, looking forward to meeting him. And uh, they, I think your invitation is, is there. But they know that you work until 7 o'clock at night. And uh, not easy to get down to their studio. Uh, on work nights for you
2: so it's not that they heard i
0: was high maintenance or anything i'm just making sure well there's there's that (laughs) there's that too they they were happier with the other
2: guys (laughs) (laughs) okay let's
0: take a quick break thanks our friends at the ppcc 118 ras room they post great sports memorabilia on their facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to all items come with certificates of authenticity They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They've changed some things up with very popular mystery boxes and razzes with just 11 lines available. So your chances of winning are 1 in 11. Great odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118RazzRoom. That's right. PPCC118RazzRoom on Facebook. All right, Chet. We've modified, updated our Philly Press Box Radio website. Uh, You can now watch this podcast. We have Vimeos. We have current Philly articles. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We have YouTube channels. We have T-shirts. We got it happening. At Philly Pressbox Radio. Yes, we do. The website, as you mentioned, Philly
2: Pressboxradio.com. It's looking good. The YouTube channel is very simple to find. You go to YouTube, you type in Philly Press Box in the search tab. It'll take you right to us. We now have 25 videos there to check out. Our last 10 or 11 full shows are there. Even some fun non-sports interviews. So please go to YouTube and subscribe to Philly Press Press Box Radio. And if you want to buy one of these fabulous t-shirts like you're wearing, like I'm wearing, you can do that too. You'll see the ad on the website. You can get all the details. $10 for mine. $12 for yours because yours is that fancy dry fit type, you know? We like the dry fit. Uh, We'll we'll get your shirt out
0: to you in just a couple of days. So uh, do it. All right. Sounds good. Hey, Chet, before we get to our parting shots, I want to throw in a Happy 34th birthday to Mike Furman tomorrow. Ah, happy birthday Mike. Happy uh is he is he healed wasn't didn't he injure himself recently? He tore up his Achilles uh, tendon. He did not need surgery. He's been out on his bike, doing lots of biking and uh hoping to be ready again if uh his September Ironman reschedule actually happens. So, not sure it's scheduled, not sure if it's going to happen. All right, happy birthday Mike. All right. How about a parting shot for you, Chet? Well, Bill, I was going to talk about beer,
2: but you know what? I'm going to save that for either next week or maybe write a little article about beer this weekend because uh, I have some things to say about beer. Uh, Anyway. Pressured by a lot of big retailers and uh, the delivery company that has been that has the naming rights to its stadium, Washington's pro football team is very likely to retire the nickname Redskins. So, of course, there's been a lot of speculation, you know, what the new name might be. There are plenty of serious possibilities like, you know, maybe going with something similar like the Red Hawks or Red Tails. That's one of the favorite or rehashing the names Washington generals or Washington senators. Fine. But I somehow get drawn to the articles and social media posts where people have fun with the whole idea. Some of the potential names that made me chuckle at least a little bit. The Washington Monuments, because they're a bunch of stips, uh The Washington Custers, the Washington Wussies, the Washington Karens. You know what that is. Uh, the Washington Redskin Potatoes. That's OK, right? Yeah. Uh, the Washington Fluffy Kittens. I saw somebody mention that's different. And uh, the Washington foreskins. sorry. Sorry. Uh, or because Dan Snyder wants a name that signifies Washington Pro Football to everyone. How about the Washington Four and Twelves?
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, you know, it's, uh, the change culture or whatever we're living in, it's crazy. One other note that just popped up. I got another one of those texts up in my corner and, uh, Stephen Jackson says, Deshaun Jackson is telling the truth. You know, I heard that. I heard that on the radio today. I didn't look
2: at the details, but okay. (laughs) Oh boy. boy. Yeah. I don't think so, Stephen. Hey, you (laughs) know, I'm just thinking, um, we mentioned the Nathan's hot dog thing. I think you and I should have a hot dog eating contest on the air some night.
0: All right. I just want somebody to send us free hot dogs. Yeah, I've never practiced that, but uh, I'll give it a shot. Sounds good. Wrap it up, Bill. All right, let's do it. We'd like to thank tonight's special guest, Paul Hagan, our producer behind the scenes, Billy Furman. Our sponsor is the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's like com. All, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Church of Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, July 15th already, Jet, at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, Radio on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and others. I hope Philadelphia sports fans and stay safe.